0: Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, make it very clear that God designed us and created us and created this world that we would live a life of dominion over everything except one another. Amen? And one of the saddest things as a pastor is to see Christians that aren't living a life of dominion. And so that's why we're in this study today. And I pray that if you're here today and that you're not living a life of dominion where it seems like life is just beating you up and coming every which way and just attacking you all the time and you just one, you receive one blow after another, I pray that after today that you would take hold of the truth of God's Word and begin to live a life of dominion. I want you to turn with me today to the book of Luke, and I also want to welcome Abundant Life TV and Pastor Adnan Samuel from Pakistan. And it's exciting that that we get to be a part of that ministry. Amen. Um, If you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12. In this passage, we have Luke's rendition of what in Matthew is called the Sermon on the Mount. Luke's rendition is shorter, but you will see some verses that are very similar to what uh, Matthew says. Uh, in verse 31 of chapter 12 of Luke, you will see that it's very similar to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Matthew's account says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In Luke chapter 12, verse 31, he says, But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And that's a powerful statement. I love both of these verses. They're two two of my favorite verses. Because it it sums up what you need to live a life that is blessed by God. A life that that is the most fulfilling, the, the most enriched life you can possibly live is when, church, we put God first. When we seek Him first. And His kingdom, and His kingdom has to do with His rule in our lives. And I, if you don't receive anything else today, receive this. Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, His right ways of doing things, and then everything else in life is going to fall into place. Are you with me? Isn't that a simple truth? But it's powerful. Amen? That's one of the verses that I, that I frequently share uh, with our gra- uh, graduating seniors from high school. I, I shared that with the few that we had last a few weeks ago when they graduated. Because if they grasp that truth now, because it's so easy in this life to put all of the other things that preoccupy our lives ahead of our relationship with our Creator. But if we put Him first, church, then everything else in life falls into place. There's two things in this verse I want us to see. And the first I just talked to you you about. That if we take all the things that preoccupy us and, and put them in their place and put God as our priority, then life works. But the second is, notice in this passage, Our Heavenly Father, it's His good pleasure to place the kingdom of God in our hands. Now I want want to emphasize this with you. Because in the original language, in the grammar, the way it's written, it means that God presses into our hands. His good pleasure is to press into our hands The kingdom of God. So everybody take your hand. Take your other hand. And press. Feel the pressure there. That is God's heart. To press his kingdom rule into the hands of his children. That we would receive his rule and take his rule wherever we go. It's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you His rule for your life. And to extend it. Church, I love that. How about you? I want you to picture today, throughout this message, the Lord coming to you and pressing His kingdom rule into your hands. Because that's what the truth of Scripture says. Now look at Luke chapter 12, verse 22. I want us to see something else. So we're, we're going back in Luke a few verses. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about, your, or, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn. And God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? The Lord's telling us here that He is in control. The the birds in the wild are fed by God. And if God takes care of them, church... He loves you even more, and He is going to take care of you. When you put Him first, you don't have to worry about food on the table, or you don't have to worry about clothes on your back, because God's going to take care of you. I've shared this several times, but it fits so perfectly in today's message. Years ago, my grandfather was struggling financially. And he he came home to my grandmother, and my grandmother opened up all the cupboards in the kitchen, and there was no food in the house. They had five kids, and she's saying, we need food. So my grandfather went to the local park, and as he was praying, asking God to provide for them, God shared this verse with him. He reminded him of this verse, and he turned to it, and he read it. And he trusted God. And and while he was in the park praying, God began to speak to a woman that was in their church while she was going through the grocery store. She was pushing her cart. The Lord just laid on her heart, you need to grab that and put that in your cart and take it over to to Pastor Collins. Before she knew it, she had a whole cartload of food. And she took it over the, to the to their house, and she came in, and they were, there was like, I don't know, three or four or five bags full of groceries. And this is back when, when a bag full of groceries was a real bag full of groceries. Now you spend $100, and you're in this little bag, you know. And... The neat thing was, my grandfather told my grandmother, he said, you sit down at the table and you begin to write every type of food that you want, that you need. And she had that list sitting on the table as they brought the bags of groceries in. And as they took the groceries out of the bags, she marked off her list. And everything that was on her list was marked off. That's the God that we serve. He's a miracle working Lord and he is our provider. Amen. So seek him with all your heart. Put him first in your home, in your family, in your life and trust him. He is going to take care of the little things like food and clothing. Amen. I love verse 32 because it's so amazing. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I want you to change your mindset as a Christian who has surrendered your heart to Christ, who has asked the Lord to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin, that you stop looking at life, that I'm going to... What's going to happen next? I'm I'm worried about it. I I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, woe is me. I want you to look at this passage and say, Jesus pressed the kingdom into my hands. I am going to take the kingdom of God, the rule of God, the victory of Jesus, and the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ wherever I go into whatever circumstance Amen? Because I have victory in Him. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be a church that lives in victory. And when we see someone that isn't living in victory, guess what? We run to them. We go to them. And we share with them the truth of God's Word for them. And see them receive the rule of God and begin to live in the victory of Jesus. Can you say amen to that? To get a better understanding... I want us to go back a couple of chapters in Luke and look at Luke chapter 10, verses 8 and 9. This is an interesting verse. It says, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. When we see someone that's healed, when we pray, it is God overruling the sickness in their bodies with His rule and setting them free. And the kingdom of God has come to that person. The rule of God is the living option for our lives. Amen? I've talked about this numerous times, but I want to hit it again today. If you're not living in God's kingdom under His rule, there's only two options. There's the kingdom of man or the kingdom of flesh. And the the greatest achievements of man, I want you to think about this, the the most wonderful, awesome things that man has ever accomplished at the very best, decay. Look at the great pyramids in Egypt where we, we still aren't sure how they created them. But if you go there today, they're worn, they're crumbling, they're decaying. The Parthenon in Greece is another example. Or if you go buy a brand new car and you put it into your garage and you never drive it and you just leave it there perfect, no one's touching it, guess what? The tires will eventually rot, the dash The the doors and the seats, they're going to deteriorate. Why? Because this world is in a state of decay. So the the very best that man has to offer is decay. And if you're not living in in the flesh, in the rule of the flesh, you're living in the rule of the kingdom of darkness. And two words describe that. Destruction and death. That's the kingdom of darkness. Darkness. But how many of us today have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son? Oh, come on, church. Somebody ought to be excited about that. Amen? I don't live in a kingdom of decay. I don't let my flesh rule my life. I welcome my my Lord and my Savior to rule my life. And He has taken me out of a kingdom of decay and out of a kingdom of death and destruction. And now I am living for eternity with the rule of God and I'm living a life of dominion. I'm living a life of dominion. The primary means that the kingdom of God comes is spiritual. That's why prayer and intercession are so important. The kingdom of God does not come through economic power. It doesn't come through military power or political power or even church governmental power. The kingdom of God comes through spiritual power. It comes when those that have surrendered their lives to Jesus, the presence of Jesus is in them, right? He's in us. Greater is He who's in us than he who's in the world. Amen? Gary, I don't know what's... Is that me? What am I doing? Oh, Okay. <laughs> Wake up, everybody! (laughs) (laughs) The kingdom of God comes spiritually. Your prayers are powerful. For the families that Mary had the the word of knowledge this morning for that are struggling, you need to pray together. Prayer is the most powerful thing you can do. You need to get together with your, your spouse. Come on, spouse. And you need to come together in agreement and say, we're not going to let the devil destroy our family. We're not going to let the devil destroy our kids. And you come together in agreement and you say, God rules in our hearts and in our lives. His presence and His power are within us and we're going to take the battle to the enemy. Amen. Amen. Devil, take your hands off of what belongs to my God. Devil, you don't have authority over this family. You're not going to tear us apart. You're not going to take our children. We, we ask you, Lord, to do whatever it takes that our children would, would love you and know you and live for you and our grandchildren. I've prayed that prayer my whole life. And I'm not going to stop praying that prayer. As long as I have breath, I'm going to intercede for my family and I'm going to pray that not only my children who are all living for the Lord and living a life of worship and praise for Him and service to Him, but I'm claiming every single grandchild for the kingdom of God. And if I live long enough, every great grandchild amen every one of my descendants i don't want to see one of them lost and so lord lord i'm just going to come in the name of jesus and claim my family for the kingdom of god amen thank you honey we need to go to battle church we need to take the dominion that we have and begin to exercise it in our lives and through our lives Amen? Look back at Luke chapter 10 and verse 11. There's another verse there I want us to see. The very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. Now listen to that again. The very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this that the kingdom of God has come near you. Now, why did Jesus say that? Why did Jesus send to the disciples and tell them if they don't receive you, you brush the dust off of your shoes on them and you tell them the kingdom of God was here? It's more than just symbolic. He's saying if you don't want God's kingdom then here's the alternative. At the best it's going to be the kingdom of flesh and dust you are and dust you will return. They were going in that that dominion of God and they were telling the people there is another choice. Amen? Amen? there's another choice rather than living a life filled with sin, dominated by sin, there is another life you can live that's greater than getting drunk every week or getting high every week. There's greater life than you can live rather than sleeping around with everybody. All the things that this world has to offer, guess what? There is the kingdom of God that can rule your heart and rule through your life and you can go forward and tell people the kingdom of God is here. Do you want God's rule in your life? Look at verse 17 now. This is the words of Jesus when the 70 returned. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in Your name. I like that. Even the demons are subject to us in Your name. Now that shouldn't be surprising because Jesus had given them the authority and commission to go with the kingdom of God and the kingdom rule of God. And so whenever, church, you encounter the kingdom of darkness, guess what? God's greater. God's greater. Greater is Christ in you Than he who's in the world. Don't cower down. Don't be afraid of the enemy because you have Christ in you and he's greater than them all. Do you believe that? It's not surprising, it shouldn't be to us, that he rules over sin with forgiveness. Jesus rules over sickness and affliction with healing. He rules over the powers of hell. Are you with me? Just a few years ago, I was out at our camp at Beaver Lake, little beaver. And I had a, a young man come to me and he was actually uh, with, one of the, uh, with Teen Challenge, I believe it was. And I hadn't met this young man he was actually helping serve and helping clean up and do other things along with several other men. And he, he said, pastor, can I have a moment of your time? And I said, sure you can. And he said, pastor, I, I would like for you to pray for me. He said, I gave my heart to Jesus, but I'm still having struggles. I'm still, still having the enemy uh, come and, and I, I, I lose my temper and I, I be, get very angry and, and other things in the, in, the, in the program. And he said, I just want to be totally free of that junk. And I said, Sure. And so I, I began to talk to him and I began to talk to him about his past and what he had been involved in. And I found out that he had been involved in uh, witchcraft very, very heavily. He had even invited demons to come into him. And he had actually taught uh, Satanism and witchcraft and other things. He, he He had risen up in their hierarchy where he was giving seminars about the power of the devil. And when I talked to him, I said, well, we need to pray. And and he was kind of, really, that's all we need to do? (laughs) And I said, yes. And I I began to pray with him and we took authority in the name of Jesus and we pleaded the blood of Jesus over his life and we commanded every power of hell that he had opened up to 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 loose their hold in his life and to set him free. And after a few minutes of prayer, he was just smiling and he says, I just feel like a weight has been lifted off of my life. And And he began to rejoice and praise God. In church, I have encountered things like that time and time again, and I have never encountered any any instance like that where the enemy didn't obey when you come in the authority of Jesus. I didn't come thinking, well, I'm Pastor Milt, and I command you to get out of him. (laughs) I'm Pastor Milt, and I pastor Summit Worship Center, so you better leave. No, I knew that I was nothing and I couldn't bring the rule of God to overrule what He had opened up His life to. But I knew that Jesus in me and the kingdom rule of God and the dominion that God has pressed into the palm of my hands was greater than any hold that the enemy had on his life. And God sets people free. Amen? I've encountered through the years many individuals. I've encountered uh, people that would come and say, "I've, I've just given myself over to pornography for years and I can't get free from it. And I've seen tears coming down their cheeks. And I've prayed with them and led them in prayer. And I've seen God totally set them free. Where the desire was gone where they didn't have any desire whatsoever, God just cut it off and set them free. I've seen alcoholics that were struggling and and drinking a fifth of whiskey a, a day. I've had them come to me and say, I can't get free. And I've seen God come and overrule that in their life and even overrule it to the extent that they didn't have any withdrawals. I've seen people come that were bound up on meth and heroin and all different kind of drugs. And church, I want to tell you, there's nothing in this world that the kingdom rule of God, that He presses into the hands of His children, cannot break! There's nothing. Now the disciples were overwhelmed with this. They can't, Jesus, the The demons were even subject to us. And listen to what he says in verse 18. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I love that. Now there's different interpretations of this. And I'm going to quickly give them to you. There's three main opinions by Bible scholars. First of all, that this took place sometime before the earth was created and man was created, that God kicked Satan out of heaven. The other interpretation is that Jesus was speaking prophetically. That He was referring to what was going to take place on the cross that was just ahead of Him. And the third view is That it's speaking about the ultimate fulfillment of all of the devil's power being overcome that we read about in the book of Revelation. But church, the good news is you and I don't have to know exactly when Jesus was speaking about this. That it was fulfilled. All we need to know, church, is that Jesus said that the powers of hell are broken. Did did anybody hear that? The powers of hell are broken according to Jesus. Amen? Amen. According to His Word. he's, He's saying here that the powers of hell are broken. So it doesn't matter when we interpret this. If you want to become a Bible scholar and try to figure out exactly when it took place, what matters is it took place and it's done. Amen? And we need to understand that the pivotal point in history is the cross. Amen? That's why we still have a cross in our sanctuary and it's not a teeny-weeny hidden one. Because the cross of Jesus is the pivotal point in all of human history. Because it was at the point of the cross That Jesus accomplished not only your salvation and my salvation if we receive Him, but also putting the creative order back to what God intended potentially. So anything that has to do with the enemy's power being broken, and you being a victor, it all points to the cross. So we celebrate in the cross. Amen? Because Jesus died for our sins, for the sins of the world. And so we we come to Him and we ask Him, Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. I receive You as my Lord and my Savior. Amen? Amen? And we are translated into His kingdom. Anything that happens before or after the cross all depends on that pivotal moment in history. Now look at verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Now this is not Jesus saying that I've called you all to be exterminators. If you study scripture, you understand that serpents and scorpions are speaking about, it's symbolic of the powers of darkness, the powers of hell, Satan himself. So, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Everybody say that. All the power of the enemy. Say it again. All the power of the enemy. I love that. It's not partial. It's not a quarter. It's not a half. It's not three quarters. God says, I give you all authority over the power of the enemy. Amen? All. Jesus was confirming to them the realm of dominion over the powers of hell, that he had given them authority. Now look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Jesus is saying something there. He's saying, I'm sending you forth in dominion, and you've already experienced it. But you need to have your priorities, your perception, your understanding about this correct. And that is, you shouldn't rejoice about having power over the enemy. You should rejoice that your name is written in a place of all authority. Do you like that idea? Your name's are written in heaven. Your name's written in the King's book. And it's because you've opened your heart and life to Jesus. And you've become one of His children, one of His family. That your name is written in His book. And because your name is written in His book, in heaven, in the place of ultimate authority, church, you have authority to go in His name. Are you thankful for that? That's the real point of rejoicing, church. And it's not simply moving into an area and saying, I have authority over you. Jesus has commissioned His church to go in His name. In, in Mark, at the very end of Mark, where we're commissioned, a, Jesus says, go in My name and you will cast out demons in My name. Right? It's in His name. Our authority isn't in our name. You remember in, in Acts where the, the sons of Skeva were were there, and they were they saw Paul cast out demons, and so they thought, hey, we'll get in on this little action, and so they try to do it, and they come and they say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, come out of him. And what happens? The demon jumps on them and tears them apart. Church, you've got to have that relationship. They were coming in the name of Jesus, but they didn't have legal right to use it. Paul had legal right to use it because the kingdom was pressed into his hands. And church, I want you to see yourself as someone who's always humble, realizing that it's always what Jesus did. It's in His authority, in His name, but you know that it's His good pleasure to press the kingdom into your hands. Are you thankful for that? I believe, church, that not only is our name written in that book. But I believe that every demon and power principality in this world, when they see you, they see Jesus' name on you. In the spiritual realm. And I'll give you a verse that that leads me to believe that. It's in Revelation chapter 3, verse 12, where Jesus says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and... I will write on Him my new name. In the spiritual realm, I don't know how, I don't know how the name of God's inscribed on us, but somehow in the spiritual realm, the enemy recognizes when we belong to Jesus. And he recognizes, church, when the kingdom power has been pressed into your hands. Oh, somebody ought to be happy about this. This statement of Jesus in Luke 10, 19 is so powerful and so inclusive and I've got to read it again. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Church, the... In the last days, we're going to encounter darkness increasing in our, in our world. And if, you, if you've lived any year, <laughs> very few years even on this earth, you can recognize the difference in what's taking place and how that it seems to be uh, building faster and faster, the darkness in this world and the things that are taking place. And church, I want to encourage you. God chose you to live in this day. And He chose you to be open to Him and say, Lord, press the kingdom into my hands. And I want to go and tell people they can have the rule of the living God instead of the rule of this world. In this time, church, with all that's going on, the church needs to rise up. We need to go forward in the name of Jesus. We need to recognize the authority that we have, but not rejoice in that authority over the enemy, but rejoice that our name's written in heaven. Rejoice that we have that authority from Him. We need to have our perspective clear. Finally, I want to read one more passage and we'll close. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we're familiar with that passage. It says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, rulers of darkness of this age, hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. But look at verse 18 in that same passage. That's talking about putting on the armor of God It's talking about we're in a battle. But notice verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. It's speaking about warfare prayer. It's not speaking about prayer where you say, Lord bless the food, amen. In my mouth, over my tongue. Tongue, here, here, tummy, here it comes, or something. (laughs) Or, Lord Jesus, now lay me down to sleep, apart my Ford out in the street. (laughs) If it should move before I wake, I pray you, Lord, put on the (laughs) brake. We pray a prayer a lot of times just out of habit. And not recognizing that we're praying in the name of Jesus. That this prayer is powerful. And church, this passage in Ephesians is talking about warfare prayer. Where you refuse to allow the enemy to have a hold in your family where you refuse to allow the enemy to destroy your life or your family or your finances or whatever. You come in the authority that Jesus has given us. The fathers pressed that authority into our hands and we're coming and we're not going to allow the enemy to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We're going to come in the name of Jesus. And we're going to push back the darkness. We're going to push back the darkness. God's calling us, church, to rise up and to be people of warfare prayer. Where you intercede for your family, your friends, your, your work... Uh, co-workers your 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 friends that you meet in town you intercede for our community our community is being overrun with drugs and alcohol and crime it's increasing so church it's time to do a little warfare prayer and say we're not going to stand for this we welcome the rule of jesus we welcome this peace We welcome His joy. We welcome His rule in our community. Wherever we go, Lord, I want Your rule. Amen? I want you to stand with me and I want the worship team to come.